0: The money. Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money. Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. Providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at podg dot C-O. And be sure to add our podcast in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Mixed Tag. It's your man, the cowboy, Jared Watson here. I'm alongside the Wrestling Encyclopedia and three-time, three-time, wait for it, three-time Indian Leg Wrestling Champion, Mr. Keith White. Keith, how are we doing today? I know we're both on the albuterol, right?
0: Jared, I remember my first beer. (laughs) It was like it was yesterday. Do you want to hear the story?
1: I would love to hear that story. I think the tag gang would too.
0: It was called Honey Brown, and it was a magical beer. And uh, I was a young man, not supposed to have it, but I did anyway. And then I spent my collegiate years drinking horrible beer. Horrible, horrible beer. Keystone Light, Beast, Beast Light, and Natty Bow, which is a fighting beer. Uh, they are cheap, quick, and dirty. Kind of like. Now, Jared, uh, you are growing up in a different era because remember, I'm
1: old, right? That you are. That you I'm, are, yes.
0: I'm old. So I just want you to think about that you have so many more options, okay? When I was growing up, we had two craft beers pretty much. It was Sam Adams and Dogfish Head, and that was about it. But now you, sir have the world at your fingertips, and you are turning 21, what, is it May?
1: Yep, we are almost there, May 29th.
0: All right, so here's my question for you, man. Okay. Here's my question for you. Are you going to do a Broken Skull IPA from Steve Austin, El Segundo Brewing Company, or are you going to do some Terramana tequila from Dwayne The Rock Johnson? If you had your choice, which one are you going to do?
1: man? You got to make it tough on me. So I'll, I'll, I'll admit, I'll admit this on air because I think everybody's done it. I've had a little bit of tequila before. Um, Ooh. yeah, Scandalous, right? Yeah. I've, I've had tequila before and I'm not a fan. Okay. I'm actually not a fan of tequila. So I'm going to go with the Broken Skull IPA from Stone Cold. I think that's going to be awesome when I first try that.
0: Uh, what tequila did you have? Like Joaquin's? Like were you going that real rail stuff? Like what'd you do?
1: I, I couldn't even tell you. It's been It's been so many months ago. I couldn't even tell you, but it it wasn't my thing. I, I like, you know what I do like, Keith. I like hard cider, like okay. Angry Orchard and and Reds Apple Ale. I, I like that kind of stuff.
0: Jared, are you telling me that you're participating in underage drinking? Is that what you're saying, Jared?
1: Uh, I'm not. I, I'm, I'm no comment. No comment there.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, uh, you know, good for you, sir. Uh, to each his own. To everybody, everybody, you know, YOLO, as the kids say. They say YOLO. They say uh, they say bet. And they say that things slap, Jared. Oh gosh, Jared! I think this episode's going to slap.
1: I, I think so too, Keith. And please don't ever say that again. But tagging, we do have a nice show ahead for you guys. Thank you for tuning in this week, um, Keith. We have to start it off what we do every week. I almost missed it last week. If you all didn't listen, go back. It was an off day for both of us. But let's start with our opening contest. All right, tagging. Here we go. Good, great, and dynamite and good, great, and major league Keith kick us off with your good, great, and major league from MLW this week.
0: Yeah, man, we are trying to be a little more positive uh, in our shows, you know, because sometimes we have analysis that maybe wouldn't be so positive, but we're working on ourselves. We are, we are growth. We are works in progress. All right. First of all, my good, My good is that Simon Gotch has been hitting the gym because nobody should go into the ring looking like me, looking like the wrestling encyclopedia body, okay? So Simon Gotch was doing that in the last year or so with MLW. It wasn't, it wasn't strong. It it was you know, he had a granddad body. He didn't even have a dad body, he had like a granddad body, everything was saggy and weird looking, and so Uh, you know, from an aesthetic point and Jared, I'm comfortable in my manhood to say that, you know, you, 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 you're watching dudes with their shirt off on wrestling. So, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that the good was, it looks like he's been hitting the gym, maybe getting a little snip, snip, nip, tuck. I don't know, but things are, things are looking a little bit better. My great, my friend, my great is gosh, this is good. And you and I have a theory, but Richard holiday and Alicia a are dynamic with their chemistry and they had a little uh, little three-way interview with Gino who's going to be challenging for that Caribbean uh, title here real soon after never say never by the way uh, you know my MLW show was never say never it's their pay-per-view quality show that they put on last night uh, that was free to everybody and it, it delivered very good but yes yeah, so you and I have a theory Jared, would you like to share that theory like what do you think is going to happen you can interrupt me here
1: yeah, so I, I, we talked about it, you know, off camera, off air, in the chat, as we like to say. And um, I was like, man, wouldn't it be cool if Alicia and Richard had like this weird like love relationship thing going on? Because, you know, they put on like they hate each other. You know, Richard's better than everybody else, obviously. But uh, yeah, I, I just think that would work so well. And then eventually, you know, they do become a thing. And it, I just think it would be good for MLW for something like that. I, I, that's what I think.
0: And I agree. And we've had that talk. So, you know, we shall see, but for now it is, it is a nice welcome break uh, in terms of segments in between wrestling. And, you know, I really look forward to when they're on the camera together. Cause it's just entertaining. They started it when they did pulp fusion during the pandemic and they weren't wrestling just yet. And it's carried over. It's been really nice. Uh, my, my major league, bro. Jacob Fatu and uh, Calvin Tankman went to war, and Jacob Fatu got that W once again. He is the longest reigning MLW world champion, and he is also a defending and fighting champion. And when he hits that moonsault on you, man, it's curtains. So that was my major league. Jacob Fatu is just crushing the game right now.
1: Yeah, I got to say it, Keith. And still, MLW world champion. Jacob too, awesome stuff. Good job, Keith. I liked that. No, so it was pretty good. Like Keith said, we're trying to get a little more positive with our recaps. Um, but if there is something bad, we're going to say it. It's not like we're we're going away from it. But Keith, that was great. Let's get into the AEW: Good, Great, and Dynamite for this week, Keith. <laughs> if this is my good, can you imagine what the Great and the Dynamite's going to be? All right, good for this week, Christian Cage. In his debut match, got the win. And he looked good doing it, Keith. Two uh, former uh, TNA superstars, Christian Cage and Frankie Kazarian, went to battle. 20-minute opening contest on Dynamite. Super spectacular. Uh, Hard-hitting, high-flying. You had a little bit of everything in this match. But ultimately, Christian got the win. Christian Cage winning his AEW debut. Awesome to see it. Can not wait to see where this goes? And Keith, it looks like he never lost a step in seven years outside the ring. That's the good part. All right. The great this week, Keith, we had some mayhem going on backstage. The inner circle and the pinnacle are at war. My gosh, MJF was going to do a little segment where he gave gifts to the members of the pinnacle and he opened the door uh, to go out. And there, lo and behold, Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, uh, and Santana and Ortiz at the door waiting for him. Closed the door, tried to go out the back. You know, you know that's what anybody would do. But Jake Hager's standing there and threw a punch at him. All mayhem broke loose. We saw people go through tables. Uh, Dax Harwood actually got busted open on his head, had to get a little bit of stitching there done afterward. These guys are going to put on a show, Keith. Uh, I want to see an all mayhem match uh, between the two factions just to see – you know, what we're going to have in the upcoming future with these groups in AEW. So I loved it. Go watch it if you haven't already. Really cool. Dynamite, Keith. Arcade Anarchy match. The main event between Miro and Kip Sabian and freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor. But, Keith, that wasn't the best part. We got Sue. Sue is back in her minivan. The legend, the GOAT of AEW is back. Oh, yeah, and... uh. Trent returned. I mean, you know, Trent returned and oh yeah, Chris Statlander returned too. That's gonna really benefit the women's division there in AEW. I always thought Chris Statlander was the best outside of, of course, Dr. Britt Baker DMD. But Keith, this women's division is getting stronger and stronger and stronger every week. And I love to see it because it's something that they needed to work on and they did, which is great. But the match itself was good. You had all the arcade games uh stacked around the ring. Saw some heads go through some, uh, tables everywhere, no disqualification. Miro looked good. They did pick up the loss, but Miro still looked good. And that, that was what was important to me. So I, that is my dynamite. Keith, what a Wednesday night, man. Wednesday nights are the best night for wrestling, in our opinion, at least. Tagging, we hope you enjoyed that little recap there. Go back and watch it if you haven't already.
0: All right, Jared, you know I love talking about MLW, and you know that we both love talking about AEW, but you know what I really love talking about?
1: What's that, Keith?
0: That thing, that thing, that
1: thing. God, are you stuck in the 90s or something? No, but you
0: know what is stuck in the 90s?
1: This, this. No, 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 no. We're, we are a PG show, Keith.
0: Okay, okay, uh, okay. Okay. I apologize, man. Uh, Listen, here's the thing. Ever since Sunday, I've been walking around here like Vince McMahon with that strut. All thanks to Blue Chew, man. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. Blue Chew's tablets combat all forms of ED. I don't want to hear any jokes out of you, Jared. And can help men gain extra confidence when it's time to perform. Blue Chew is an online prescription service, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy, and it ships right to your door in a discreet package. And I got to tell you, I'm not the only one who opens the mail at home, so that's a good thing. You know, I got got them kids at home, man. Uh, I don't need to have that conversation. And I got to be honest, man, the process was simple. Signed up at BlueChew.com, consulted with one of their licensed medical providers, and then I actually got approved. And I got the prescription within days. And the best part, it's all done online. And it wasn't awkward. I got to meet with a medical provider and just answer some basic questions. Simple. Blue Chew's licensed medical providers work with you to provide the right ingredient and strength for your prescription. And if you don't like swallowing pills, like I don't like swallowing pills, no problem here. Blue Chew's Sildenafil and Tadalafil tablets are chewable.
1: Yeah, and Keith, Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and they prepare and ship direct so it's cheaper than at the pharmacy. So if you could benefit from an extra confidence boost when it's time to perform, visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And we've got a special deal for our listeners at the Tag Gang. Try BlueChew free when you use our promo code TAG, T-A-G, at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code TAG, T-A-G to receive your first month free. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the episode of this podcast.
0: Promo code TAG, and that's Blue Chew, baby.
1: All right. Let's get into the big things, Keith. Let's get into the main show here. We're bringing it back. Last time we did this, it was a success, and we're going to do it again. It's a little segment we like to call Instant Reactions. Keith, we got three different topics this week to talk about on instant reactions. Let's get into the first one. NWA being a world title again, according to PWI. This is huge, in my opinion, Keith, but I want to get your reaction first
0: because of kayfabe you know pwi pro wrestling illustrated i guess you know you can say it's lost a step it's lost its luster you got the internet now so everything is online and there are more publications that i guess have more stroke but pwi is as revered and um you know i guess i don't want to call it old but it's been around a long time just like the nwa and i love this uh nick aldis really Nick Aldis has been a fighting champion. He has defended that belt all around the world, just like the old NWA champions would do Uh, a touring champion, a defending champion. He has a very long reign over 800 days and they they're back in prominence. They have, you know, their, their TV show power on fight. Uh, Billy Corgan purchased them and they're deserving. They haven't been deserving of this probably since Shane Douglas threw down the title, uh, you know, in ECW and honestly, probably even a little bit before that, um, but they are well deserving now. That's I know it's a little longer reaction, but I felt like I needed to explain that.
1: Yeah, and I'm glad you did, Keith. Um, yeah, this is great. NWA has been around since what the 40s. I mean, it's yes. been around forever. Nick Aldis is the real world's champ, as Dr. Stinson would like to say, and all of us here on Mixed Tag would like to say because it's almost been 900 days. Like I don't even know if it's past 900. But to hold it for that long and make it that relevant again, it's super cool. And I think this is definitely deserving because NWA is on the right track. They brought, they brought back power. They're bringing these other shows in between and pay-per-views. Fight TV, good thing right here. All right, great job. Instant reaction. Second topic here, Keith. MLW being a world title now, according to PWI. What do you think about this?
0: I love it. You know, I'm a big MLW fan, and MLW and PWI actually have teamed up to have rankings. You see their their rankings, their top ten um, most weeks. I I love that. Um, but I think this is also good. I think they've established themselves as a viable company. They bring in big names. They bring in top talent. I mean, think about it. Leo Rush decided to go with MLW. That's pretty cool. Um, you know, among many others. So I I agree. Uh, You know they have a relationship with uh, with AAA and uh, and Aztec Underground, and uh, upcoming they're going to have one with uh, with Dragon Gate from uh, Japan. So it's a it's a big deal, and I think that you know they've they've shown that that belt is credible. Jacob Fatu has been absolutely insane with his reign. So yes,
1: you took the words right out of my mouth, Keith. Jacob Fatu really made that title great, and I'm glad they did this. I, I mean. MLW is on the rise as well. I mean, we're getting content every single week and it's good. It's, I mean, it's great actually. And, and thanks to Keith for giving us those good, greats in major leagues. We get to really see that and showcase that every week on the show. So, yes, I'm happy about this. I'm super ecstatic. I think it's well deserved. And J- Keith, we have two great world champions, right? We got Nick Elvis and we got Jacob Petu. I mean, I don't know how you can get any better than that for each respective brand. I mean, it's it's hard it's hard to put anybody else, uh, in front of them. But that's our instant reaction for that one. All right, Keith, last one here on instant reactions. This one's a little controversial. New Japan's new title design, Keith. Um, your reaction to this because I know you have something to say.
0: So it's interesting because New Japan has actually never considered themselves a world championship. Uh, it was the IWGP Heavyweight Championship and the IWGP intercontinental championship that got merged and now it is considered the i uh wgp world heavyweight championship they actually just now do that and kota abushi is the champ uh you know this happened at wrestle kingdom but they've just debuted the new belt jared that thing looks like the divas championship
1: it (laughs) does it really does
0: the design the design, you know what the design looks like, man? It looks like uh, like Longhorn Steakhouse. You know, like, uh, you know, tell me I'm wrong here. It's like it's like Longhorn Steakhouse and the Divas Championship had a baby and got painted gold with a leather black strap, and that is the championship, and I hate it. I thought that um, the old I, uh, IWGP title was fantastic. I, I love the look. It was very layered, a um, lot of pieces to it. And it's also one of the hardest belts to replicate on the, uh, on the off market. So I just always thought it was a pretty unique title and I like the old way. And sometimes I feel like you don't need to mess with things, but I understand they did merge two titles. Uh, so, and at least it doesn't look like the WWE championship, which looks like the universal championship, which looks like the women's champion. <laughs> I mean, I could go on and on. So, you know how that goes.
1: Yeah. WWE has a lot of title similarities right now. And, you know, it's sad to say it. The way this title looks, it's still better than the Universal title, in my opinion. I mean, it's hard to believe. But yes, it does look like the Divas Championship. Um, not much else to say other than I I wish they would have done something better. I mean, AEW's got big platinum, you know, over there. and uh, That
0: thing yeah. is so cool. That thing is so cool.
1: It is. It's very cool. And um, I'm just a little disappointed because I really like Kota Ibushi. Uh, as a champion. So yeah, I mean, it is what it is kind of thing.
0: I kind of wish they had gone the the opposite direction and made like, I'm a huge fan of the AEW women's belt because it's tiny and that harkens back to the days of Luthez and, you know, the old pro wrestling belts and the old boxing belts where they were, they were almost belt size, but the the people that were holding them were shooters. So there was a, there was a legitimate air of credibility. And I feel like new Japan with the strong style, you know you could have that you could ha- bring back the the belt that is maybe it's maybe it's tiny but Luthez's belt was expensive man it was made of like real jewels so maybe you bring back this belt that's incredible but it's tiny
1: yeah i mean could do i mean it, only time will tell with that right but uh tagging that was our instant reactions a lot of things to go over but those were a few that caught our eye this week now keith We're going to go play another little game here on Mixtag, something we've never done before in a new segment we like to call Hall of Fame or Nah, where I give you five superstars who are currently not in the Hall of Fame, and you're going to explain to me why they should or should not be in the Hall of Fame. And I'll give my opinion on it as well as we go on. Keith, are you ready? I am. All right. Let's get into it. Hall of Fame or Nah. First one's a good one, Keith. We're gonna go with Christian. What do you think? Is Christian a Hall of Famer?
0: So, man, this one is tough for me. Uh, singles run. My gut says no, uh, but when you combine everything he's done, I will say yes. Um, in his singles career, he just hasn't been. He hasn't been that guy that I'm like, man, I gotta watch that Christian match, uh, you know. But obviously, in his tag team with Edge and Christian. I'm all in, I want to see everything that they do, but you know, his, his singles career hasn't inspired me. Um, and you know, he, he had the chance to be the NWA World heavyweight champion in TNA as Christian cage. Um, but I don't know just when he's by himself, I'm not as big of a fan as when he's with edge. I feel like the compliment is better there, but I will say that overall, I understand. And I know you're going to give his accolades, um in a minute but you you forgot the NWA world heavyweight championship so you can add that in um but uh i understand that he has a lot of hardware but you know i i can't sit there and tell you that i remember anything memorable about his uh world heavyweight championship um you know with the WWE um with his intercontinental championship reigns. I remember that he got a $600 haircut in his words. So I don't remember wrestling stuff with him in the singles career. So that's, that's my gripe, but I will go ahead and put him in.
1: Okay. I like it. I like it. And like he said, I'm going to read off some of his accolades here over his career. He's a two time WWE world champion, a four time intercontinental champion, two time ECW champion, And as Keith pointed out, nine-time tag team champion. But Keith, the reason I say yes, Christian is a Hall of Famer, is he's a Grand Slam champion. And I think that if you are a Grand Slam champion in WWE, you're in the Hall of Fame automatically. That's what I think, at least in my opinion. So yes, Christian is a Hall of Famer. And to go back to you and your NWA world title thing with TNA, I did this based on WWE accolades and a little bit of WCW accolades. So that's why I didn't put it in. Okay. But because you I do get, have a point.
0: No, I, I get that. You're, you're doing it because they have they acquired WCW. I get Correct. that. Correct, yes. Understand.
1: Okay, cool. So we both agree that Christian is a Hall of Famer. And, all right, so awesome. We're one for one here. Next superstar, Sid, also known as Psycho Sid in his time with WWE, and Sid Vicious. Uh, Keith is Sid a hall of famer.
0: I'm actually going to say yes, and I'm going to get skewered on this. I'm sure by some people, but I think that he is because of the attraction that he was, he was a memorable guy. He was a, he was a gigantic, uh, you know, big man. Um, he was actually pretty darn agile, uh, you know, for, for his size, um, And he has the accolades. First of all, he ended up in the um, he ended up in the Four Horsemen, um, which I know might have been some politics at the time. He wasn't, you know, considered maybe the best, you know, iteration of the Four Horsemen. But he still became a member. Um, You know his 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 world championship, for instance. um, You know he he got a chance to face the Undertaker at WrestleMania. But to me, his biggest moment was as Sid Justice. Um, he, the friction that he had with Hulk Hogan in the Royal Umber where Flair won. And, um, and that led to a co-main event at WrestleMania. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was the first co-main event in the history of WrestleMania. And he was supposed to, uh, potentially end the career of Hulk Hogan. So, you know, that's a big moment and that's a, that's a big situation to be put in. And so I feel like, you know, he was always around for some really huge moments. Now uh, I will say the knock on him is that he appeared very unmotivated at times. Um, There's been many accounts that apparently he was a huge softball enthusiast. So he would um, kind of schedule his injuries (laughs) around uh, softball season. So, you know, in terms of that and his locker room situation, I don't know but in terms of you know being an attraction, being somebody that you couldn't take your eyes off of, and being in some really memorable moments, I'm gonna give him the Hall of Fame nod.
1: Okay. I get it. I get what you're saying. Let's go over a little bit of his accolades here. He's a two-time WWF champion, two-time WCW world champion, and a one-time United States champion. And of course, he's known for his uh, let's just say memorable promos. <laughs> where he has half the brains than we do. (laughs) So, um, for this, Keith, I'm going to have to disagree. I'm going to say he's not a Hall of Famer. I I get it. He had some of the big moments, you know, with The Undertaker and Hulk Hogan. And, you know, we had a lot of WrestleManias, but I just don't think his title reigns get him in. And I I just think those promo mishaps uh, were a little too much there. And you're right. He did look a little bit unmotivated at times. But, you know, I just... For me, I just there's not enough in there for me to put him in. But and, I and, do respect the career he had though.
0: And Jared, you telling me that, I have nothing against uh, you know, your reasoning for that. He he's um so far he's my he's my most border pick, I think. You know, so I'm not I'm not mad at that at all. Okay.
1: Here we go. We disagreed on that one, but let's see if we'll agree on this one. Big Van Vader, Keith, man. I liked Vader a lot. What about you? Is he is he a true Hall of Famer?
0: Jared, this is an absolute shoe-in. Absolute shoe-in for me. First of all, when he came in um in New Japan, he was unlike anything anybody had seen before. He had some of the creepiest Darth Vader gear you you ever saw. Uh, he was a, an absolute monster. And he was so dominant and when he came into WCW, he wrecked shop. He destroyed no other than sting the face of wcw to capture his first world title and i remember i remember that uh i remember that watching that and being like like every other little stinger thinking sting's gonna be just fine and sting got whooped and you know he was he was involved in some goofy stuff like man you have to go back and watch the white castle of fear series um but he also had these memorable matches with Cactus Jack, really hardcore stuff. In fact, he's the guy that took off Cactus Jack's ear. So, but you know, he could brawl, he could wrestle. Um, he had he had this moonsault that was something to behold, especially for the time. Um, you know, he was also the United States champion. You said he was a PWI Wrestler of the Year. There's good reason for that. And um, you know, he just his career in the WWE didn't translate like it did in WCW. But just based on the sample size, man, he was a huge, huge star. And he is the guy who Ron Simmons went over to uh, become the first African-American heavyweight champion of all time. Uh, Officially, Bubble Brazil, unofficial. Go back and listen to that episode with Greer. Um, Dude, this guy, he was so good. And he was so scary. And he was such a, a presence. And he was so intimidating with or without Harley Race. I just, I can't say enough. I was a huge Vader fan. I mean, I, obviously I was a kid. I was very much involved in kayfabe. So he was a heel to me, but looking back, I appreciate everything he's done.
1: Absolutely. I mean, there's really not much more you can say. Vader was a three-time WCW world champion, a one-time United States champion. And like he said, the PWI wrestler of the year for 1993. But Keith, here's why I put him in the hall of fame.
0: Okay.
1: He was the first real true example of an agile big man going off the top rope. And I I get You could say that Bam Bam Bigelow was that too. And I'm not disagreeing, but that Vader bomb and that moonsault off the top rope. I mean, it was crazy for that time period for a big man to do something like that. And Do
0: do you know who does that moonsault now?
1: Who is that? Jacob Fatu. Jacob Fatu. And you see, that's why I'm putting him in the hall of fame because he had such a legacy for being a big guy who, who can slam you all around, throw you all around like a rag doll. Be that perfect heel character, but could also go to the top and do some amazing things. And you can see how his inspiration has gone on even now in 2021, uh, like what Keith said. But that is why Big Van Vader is a Hall of Famer in my mind. So we're agreeing on that one too. Good. Keith, we got two more here. This is an interesting one. William Regal. Is William Regal a Hall of Famer, Keith?
0: Um, I gotta say no. Uh he was among many other accolades, he was also uh the WCW television champion. Um, but I, I just I gotta say no. He was never really in anything that made me stand up and go, I have to see this. This is must watch viewing. Um you know, he had I think it was called the blue bloods, um, you know, uh, a British tag team with, uh, Lord David Taylor in WCW, but he was always the most mid card guy I could think of. And he, I'm not taking away from his wrestling ability. He's a fantastic in ring tactician, but I just don't think that he had enough. He's, he's a, he's in the mid card hall of fame. Uh,
1: <laughs> but you know, <laughs> Is that even a thing?
0: <laughs> no. And it will and it, and it shouldn't be, um, unless we make it a segment here on Mixed Tag. But I'm just saying, man, like he wasn't, he wasn't that big of a star. Um, you know, if we're just going by wrestling ability, okay, sure. Um, but he just wasn't that big of a star. He never moved the needle. Um, you know, except for maybe, you know, when they went to Great Britain, he wasn't exactly putting butts in seats. Thank you, Tony Schiavone. Um, I just I think he's great. Like I I have a soft spot for him in terms of his work. And I know that NXT really honors him and, and he does uh you know good work over there and he's been a good commissioner and things like that, but no, I, I don't think he's Hall of Fame.
1: You know what, Keith, I'm gonna use that against you because I do think William Regal is a Hall of Famer just for the fact that he might have never gotten that big main event push per se, but he's done so much behind the scenes. Running NXT, he did a little bit of work with that with ECW. He was a general manager of Raw, had a lot of TV time during, you know, the 07 to 08 era. Uh, He went back in the ring in 08, of course, because he was actually the king of the ring for 2008. He was a four-time European champion, a two-time Intercontinental champion, and a five-time hardcore champion, along with four times he was the tag team champion. So, and he had those funny skits over the years with Tajiri. And I remember um, where he was uh, doing a little thing with Paul Birchall for a while where he dressed up as a lady. I mean, it's the things he's done for the business and the way his style was because he was a true example of a brawler. I mean, the guy wasn't flashy at all, but he could do a hell of a German suplex on you. I mean, it was crazy. But um, I just think over the years, the contributions you make in this company by either putting people over getting your shot in the mid-card, and doing it perfectly. I just think that's what got him into the Hall of Fame, Keith. So that's my case. William Regal is a Hall of Famer, in my opinion. All right. Keith, we've made it. Last person here for Hall of Fame or not. This is a good one, Keith, because we've debated this on the show a bunch of times. Mickey James. Keith is Mickey James. A future Hall of Famer,
0: absolutely. Um, you know her longevity and her her titles, and um, for, well, the, Mickey James and Trish Stratus is maybe maybe the biggest feud of the last twenty years for women, uh, and I think we're going to see some that maybe eclipse it. You know, may, maybe I'm wrong, but uh, at least we can say that. Uh, For a given era, they had the best feud going, and it was so memorable that at uh, a more recent Royal Rumble, uh, when they had the Women's Royal Rumble, and they ended up in the ring together, the crowd popped, and it had been a long time since they had been in a ring together, but people remember. People remember the good stuff, okay? (laughs) People remember the good stuff, and they remember what you do, and they they want to make sure that, that you know that they haven't forgotten, and so she's pretty unforgettable in her career. Um, And I really think that she's also a trailblazer in terms of women that could work. She wasn't just eye candy. Um, You know, I'm not knocking that at all. Uh, You know, the real world's champion, uh, you know, definitely has an eye for her. So, you know, we all know that she's a great combination of, you know uh, you know, beauty and wrestling tech, uh, you know, technical ability. And just, she's got psychology. She's um, able to, to put together feuds and just work with whatever is given to her. So I got to go ahead and put her in, man. I think that that's a no brainer.
1: I agree. I agree with everything you said. Mickey James is indeed a future hall of famer, a six time WWE women's champion and PWI woman of the year for 2009 and 2011. And Keith, I want to bring up one thing about Mickey James. She could not only play either a heel or a face perfectly, yep. no matter what you did, yeah. But she also was an inspiration around that 2009 year for young women all over the world when she had the Piggy James segment with Michelle McCool and Layla. I mean, it really brought to the forefront, you know, body image and all sorts of other things and and self esteem. Boy. And she really was a true inspiration for young women at the time. Um, she is fourth, Keith, fourth, tied for fourth, really, but fourth on title reigns for women in wrestling, and at least in WWE. You know, Charlotte's ahead of her. Trish is ahead of her. I think Alexa Bliss is too. But that alone made her a Hall of Famer. I mean, she she was so crafty in the ring too. She did that Hurricane Rana off the top rope, that jumping DDT. She was my instantly my favorite women's competitor when I first started watching wrestling. And her feud with Trish was played perfectly on both ends, on Trish and on Mickey. We already know Trish is a Hall of Famer and is in, but Mickey definitely will be in the future. So yes, Mickey James is a Hall of Famer. Case closed, that was Hall of Fame or nah, tag gang. If you like what you heard just then, Email us at mixtagshow at gmail.com and let us know who you think is or isn't a future Hall of Famer from the people we just mentioned. Good job, Keith. All right. Now we got to wrap it up. We're going to wrap up the show here with what we do every week with Wrestlers of the Week. I'll go first. My Wrestler of the Week, it seems pretty obvious. It's Christian Cage. I mean, coming back after seven years, I mean, you had the one Royal Rumble appearance just a few months ago. But, you know, coming back and getting his first singles action – against a guy he knows well in Frankie Kazarian. And they put on a 20-minute main event for the first match of the night. Christian is my Wrestler of the Week. Congratulations to him. Keith, to finish the show, who is your Wrestler of the Week?
0: My Wrestler of the Week is at a left field. You would have thought I would have said Jacob Fatu, but he's already been my Wrestler of the Week before. He's just kind of doing things. He's on autopilot with his uh, title ring. I'm going to go ahead and give it to Chris Adonis, a.k.a. Chris Masters, who may or may not be part of Strictly Business, the faction, uh, you know, with Nick Aldous, the real world's champion. Um, Chris Adonis, he defeated Trevor Murdoch to become the new NWA national champion. So he put him in that master lock, and we got to see an old school situation where a guy couldn't get his hand raised to three while in a full Nelson. Uh, I think that happened also in a Wawa. Uh, with Greer and Dirty Dave. Um, but you know so it's good to see that. Good to see that when it's not local when I can just watch it on Fight. Um but yeah man, Chris Adonis, you are my wrestler of the week. But special mention man, Jacob Fadu your crush nip.
1: <laughs> There's no denying that nobody breaks the master lock except maybe Bobby Lashley in 2007. But we'll let that slide. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that was our wrestlers of the week tag gang. Hope you enjoyed that as well. But that was our show for this week. We hope you enjoyed. If you like what you heard, please follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You know Keith's always on Twitter. It's like night and day. Just keep scrolling. I think he scrolls in his sleep sometimes, but we won't, we won't discuss that any further. Um, yes, follow us there, and please share all over your social medias if you like what you heard. Get the word out. You are a member of the tag gang for a reason. So there you go. That was another episode of Mixed Tag. Of course, you can email us at show at gmail.com with any questions, comments, concerns you might have for the show. All right, Keith, time to wrap it up from the Wrestling Encyclopedia and three-time, three-time, wait for it, three-time Indian leg wrestling champion, Mr. Keith White. My name is the cowboy, Jared Watson, and we are out.